Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, once again, we socially distance properly on Daniele's breezy back porch for our monthly Rich and Bolelli chat, including where is common courtesy during these troubling days, the dark side of American individualism, the Princess Bride, shattered illusions, and spread the word. Plan one for a better future is to stop being selfish assholes. Here we go. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast, episode 183. Once again, we return to the, the lush backyard of Bellelli's Ojai Garden Empire. And hello, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see you, We are man. properly social distancing. Oh, yeah. Isabella made sure that yep. we had the full six feet. Yep. Good job on that. Yeah, she's hardcore about it. Onnit.com. Mm. O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash Taoist with the T. For an automatic discount on a bunch of Onnit products. I've been having a muscle recovery thing that I throw into a shake in the morning. They are out right now. I'm crying because I want it back. Tastes like coconut. Pretty awesome. Nice. So I threw it with water and a banana in the morning, and it's a good way to start the day. So I like that. It's funny. Ethan always sneaks off. He, with the gyms being closed, he like jogs at like 1 in the morning just because right. it's empty out there. Of course. But that means that the um, blender is going on at one oh, forty-seven in the morning. Yike! That's less cool. <sighs> but yeah, he likes his bananas and his That's and his protein stuff. smoothies. So check out the supplements at Onnit, workout gear, and all the other good stuff. These guys have been nothing but awesome to us. Speaking of nothing but awesome to us, sure design T-shirts. These guys are our heroes. I'm wearing one You're currently wearing it today. at the moment. I love them. And has been really good to us as of late, grasslandbeef.com yes. has been feeding us with some seriously good stuff. Today, today right before you came by, we had um, Savannah's birthday was a few days ago, but she was visiting our mom, so we didn't see her. So today we had our birthday burger nice. with bison oh, ground meat. Isn't it the best? She was quite pleased with that. So check out grasslandbeef.com. They have phenomenal products, so check them out. All right, first of all, I got to know, how's the cleanse going? Because there can't be much of it left. Yeah, the 40-day ends today, and um, it's been an interesting process. Cause, is that uh, what that blueberry pie is doing back there? <laughs> no, not yet, but soon. So I had uh, 40 days consisted in two weeks, in each, no, 10 days initially of just no alcohol, no sugar rather than raw honey, no pasta, no bread. Phew. That's rough enough. Then I did two weeks where in addition to this, it was also straight up vegan. 
and I had to drink an obscenely nasty potion made of turmeric, clove, uh, vinegar. It was gross, seriously gross. What was your primary meal as you went to the vegan? Just, just spinach salads and monstrous. Um, I have to say, Savannah is a goddamn master when it comes to cooking great stuff. With like, she would make some of these things that were quinoa. I mean, for substance to keep you not starving, quinoa and sweet potatoes. And then a lot, a lot of uh, kale, avocado, you name it, you know, a bunch of, you know, walnuts, almonds, seeds, things. Zucchinis from your garden? Zucchini from the garden, tomato, a whole bunch of those things, right? Really far from bad tasting, tastes amazing. Um, it's weird because I noticed that I did this cleanse twice in the past, both times my cravings went away after a couple of weeks where I was like, eh, I'm not in a hurry to have any sugar or anything. Like, these days, <laughs> this third cleanse, I haven't stopped thinking about it for one day. I've been thinking, I want a glass of wine. I want a glass of wine. I really want a glass of wine. So what time does that start today? So probably tomorrow. I'll, uh, and day. then same thing. And these I have to... But here is the thing. I do want all that back. I want my cookies. I want my wine. I want all that. But at the same time, I realize it's not that good for me. So I need to figure out a healthy balance where maybe I give myself two days a week where I open a bottle of wine, drink some of it one night, finish it the next night. Great. Done. Uh, that's it. No more alcohol for the next five days for the rest of the week. Uh, I have uh, an ice cream one day or three cookies or something. Okay. One day, maybe two. Yeah. That's it. A little cheat. Then the next five days are... I think I can pull it... Well, we'll see about that. But the, you know, the hardcore don't touch it has been working for 40 days. It kind of makes me wonder what the hell are my camera is coming from because I lost weight like you wouldn't believe, even though I was eating these humongous salads and things. With... You look strong, but you don't look too thin. No, I mean, everything that's left is muscle. It's just there's not much left because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I already wasn't in a place to lose much weight and I did lose a bunch more. So on top of it, but... Um, What's your favorite cookie? Oh, God. Lately, what was I doing? Oh, before the cleans, I was taking these Milano cookies, Pepperidge Farm. Dipping them in the Nutella. And dip them in Nutella because he wasn't perverted enough. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I can be really bad. So, well, you know, moderation needs moderation. Yeah. I've learned nothing else. So, today's the end of the cleans. I'm glad I did it. Um, oh, you know what I'm looking forward to? Try this out, guys. There's a recipe of something that I had it in Italy last year. It's a relatively new Italian cocktails for the last few years. It's so good. It's called Hugo, as in H-U-G-O. And uh, what they do is, if I'm not going to mess it up because I'm going by memory, it's uh, Prosecco. So you get the bubbly, like, spumante-like type of stuff. So yeah. you get some Prosecco, some sparkling water, and uh, elderberry juice. Uh, elderberry syrup. Nice. You mix those three with some ice yeah. and mint leaves. And that's the good stuff. Very light. is nothing heavy. You can drink a lot of those before you feel anything. Mm. And it tastes amazing. It's so good for it. So that I probably like, I was like, where the hell I'm going to look for elderberry syrup? I probably went, 
the answer to all my issues. Amazon in these days. I'm where, sure it's there. So, of course, I got two bottles on Amazon. Oh, and since we are good at making quick transition, please, if you decide to go for the elderberry <laughs> syrup, it's time for dbamazing.com. <laughs> Again, dbamazing.com. Please use our Amazon link. That would go a long way to help us out without costing you an extra dime. Our elderberries, what you make gen- juniper. That's what gin is. Yeah, I think so. They have juniper berries but too. But that stuff is awesome. So, yeah, long story short, I'm really looking forward to some of these things, but I'm also really looking forward not to fucking myself up again. So I think it's like there's a fine line because even when I was going, like, for example, when I went full vegan for two weeks, wasn't that good for me. It was too hard, like not too hard in terms of willpower. I could do it. But clearly I must have been doing something wrong because in terms of energy and other things, wasn't agreeing with my system perfectly. Um, So I think like anything, there's a balance there that, you know, when I do get back, I did get back on the grassland, uh, grassland beef stuff. There's some amazing stuff. And I don't eat a ton of red meat or anything like that, but a little I notice it helps my energy. Bison burgers are good for you. Yeah, some of the fish they have definitely help my energy. And at the same time, you know, I know what the good stuff is for me. I just, and then I make some little cheats around the corners. The week from tomorrow, I'm going to be going out of Long Beach to catch a big-ass yellowtail. Check you out. I'll bring you a big slab, hopefully. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I I want a big 80-pounder. That would be sweet. Oh, my God. I got skunked last time, so I'm due. Yeah, it's time to make it happen. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's going to be too much fun. Go for it. We're actually going to international waters, so I'm sure the captain will have some machine guns up there in case we get into <laughs> trouble with the federales. Go for it. You know, we're licensed. We should be okay. Right. But what's nice is those, those boats, I think they normally hold like 48, uh-huh. and they're putting 18 people on Yeah, the yeah, of course. I have major distance and keep it safe. You know. Good call. I st- I'm going to wear my mask the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, what? You, we can't stay in our houses forever. No, of course not. It's a fine line. It's very difficult. I've, I've had plenty of experience lately with people, different ideas of safety. Oh and, you know, it's been, I've been in the middle of some serious firefights between people I like and, uh, well, not literal firefights, but close enough. And, yeah, it, it can get rough. Well, tighten your helmet and get low. Yeah, seriously. Um, thank you also to uh, Snoros Coffee, who once in a while send us some of their cool coffees. Check mm-hmm. out them at snoros.com. If you use the code, they simplify some of the codes. You can use the code either Drunken or History, either one of those. Nice. For a 15% discount. That's it. Um, the 18 was getting a little old. Yeah, it was complicated. Because <laughs> 18 as a discount for a 15% discount is like that, doesn't make any sense. So this is easier. Um, so those sweet, those folks are sweet. Anything else? Or we can just... I mean, we've already started the episode since a while. Because yeah. we're chatting and rolling. But yeah, let's well, keep rolling. We'll jump right into it. Shall we roll with something fun? Well, I think one of my favorite things in the past week is Sasha Baron Cohen's stunt with the 3% boys or whatever they are. That guy is hilarious. And balls of titanium. Yes. So if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you probably had. 
but some sort of, I guess, almost neo-Nazi group. I don't know those guys, but yeah, they don't seem like the nicest. Washington State? Pretty fucked up. Yeah, they're pretty... Anyway, it was... uh, The the hilarity of it is he kind of reached out to him and said, do you need some entertainment for it? And I think, like, Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin boys and people, they were all included in this. Sure. And he said, I'll put the stage up. And he even brought some portalettes and just, you know, had it under control. And he did... I don't know if you've ever seen, was it Borat, where he had the people singing, throw the Jew down the veil. Yeah. He was doing the same thing with the coronavirus. Who are we going to give it to? Hillary. And it went on for nine minutes, naming yeah. every one of these. And he had the crowd singing along. Of course. And one of the actual organizers. And these guys aren't messing around, man. That's usually a guy in a tie. And, you know, his beard's a little more kept than the others. And he's just ranting and ranting. Like, racist songs at my racist event. What are we going to do? Hector Marimba. But the best part was they went to try to seize them on the stage. And Sacha Baron Cohen had security in place so that they were guarding the uh, generator for the electricity. They kept them off the stage. And then when it was time to run for real, they had an ambulance sitting out back. So everybody ran and jumped in the ambulance and they hit the siren and like they tried to stop the ambulance. But the ambulance driver's like, I'm an ambulance service and you can't stop me, mister. So if I got to run some some hillbillies over, you know, just fucking hysterical. man. And then he came back. He came back to the same event. (laughs) He went and put a big beard on. Looked like looked like Osama bin Laden almost. And had a camera, and when they were all doing their interviews about what happened and what this man did and all that, he's there with the camera asking questions. Oh, man. And come on, man. That's just... That's funny. If you don't think that's funny, you might as well just turn this one off. That dude is... I mean, the stuff is... It's impressive. I remember when he did in Bruno, he went to do an MMA match. And he was billed as the super homophobic uh, guy. <laughs> and he was like, all the crowd was clapping for him. As, and then like in the middle of the match with this other dude, they started making out. And they, the crowd lost their shit. Like you would think you murdered their mother, right? Because he was like two guys making out. He was so funny. I just think it's so funny. He was... And like, and crazy interviews with like Dick Cheney and stuff like that over the years, and he just oh, yeah, hold no, their feet to the he fire. He's done it to everybody. Mm. I mean, the dude is like, it's funny because if you look at him, like uh, even back when he was playing Ali G, yep. when he would have and people seriously say, "Well, you know, you understand these things more because you being black, because you him, you know, Jewish dude from not, you know, white <laughs> as white gets." Yeah. He would be um, he would be playing the uh, I'm black and nobody there to contradict him and in the face of him being all uh, dressed like the character of the worst rapper in the world and <laughs> talking really weird people are like I want to be the racist one who say no so clearly you being black Booyakasha. yeah no that that made me smile you know who else made me smile the person I thought would never make me smile John Roberts. Once again. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So we're not going to get political. Those were kind of amazing things, and some people didn't get didn't uh, get what they thought they had bought, and they were disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the Supreme Court. It's trippy sometimes. Like you... Well, he's Chief Justice, and I think he realizes, you know, there's more than just his own personal opinions. Sure. No, but and at maybe. this point in time... Good thing. He was the right person at the right time. Good thing. But, yeah, that was interesting for he, sure. He easily pissed me off this week, so... I'm not going to cross my fingers too totally. much. 
of course. So my good man, I hear that um, one of the dumbest Hollywood ideas ever, they're trying to remake The Princess Bride, which is if there ever is a perfect movie where from A to Z should not be touched is The Princess Bride. So I don't quite get the remake concept, but... Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Literally nine hours ago, ten hours ago, I was watching the 2011 Jason Moma Conan. Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. Pretty much unwatchable. Yeah, I mean, and that's good compared to Conan the Destroyer. Yes. So yeah, it's and he looked good. It wasn't a problem. No, Momoa is awesome. He was fucked. He, he was. Perfect. How can how can you not? I mean, the strength and the sword fighting and yep. all that was cool, but anything you do is going to be compared to Arnold, and you're just trapped. Well, and the and thing you is, can't the, be doing an impersonation. The problem with Conan too is that, uh, and it's a problem with Hollywood. Is a lot of the remakes and a lot of it, they take the idea. And except they forget what makes that idea powerful, which mm -hmm. is the epic, which is the soul behind it. Yep. And all they have is the package left. And there's no soul behind it. And you're like, like all the guys, though, you know, because Howard, the guy who wrote Conan, was uh, not the movie, the, the original. Milius? Oh, the, the actual author. Yeah, yeah. The actual author died really young, right? So a lot of his stuff wasn't completed. And there are other authors who try to pick that up. And all you have left is muscle and boobs and swords. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate all of those things, but there's there's no, whatever, there's no epic, there's no heroism, there's nothing that really interests you. It's just a comic book of, and I mean it in the war sense of the war, because yeah. I have nothing against comic books. But on the other hand, like when, and same thing with cinema, you know, when Milius touched it, he redid a lot. Like a lot of the Howard purists are mad because it didn't follow the story. The history wasn't appropriate. But Which, the soul is there. Right. You know, the soul. And then, you know, you do the Destroyer and there's, it's a campy bullshit movie that doesn't begin or end. Or the Mamoa one is not even that it's a bad movie. It's that it's a useless movie. Like it serves zero why are we watching it? You know, there's nothing, again, there's no soul behind it. And and that's the problem with Hollywood a lot, that they think that the package, the name, the IP is everything. But unless you inject some soul into it, it's pointless, which is the same thing as like doing History on Fire, right? Many of the stories, a bunch of other people have told them. So what makes me, my point is, maybe I can tell you that story with a degree of soul into it that you haven't heard before. And not because nobody has ever done it, but, you know, I think, like, I can do it in a particularly good way. And probably out of the hundred versions out there, you missed out on the couple that may have been really good. And that's and that what makes all the difference between crappy, boring stuff and stuff that excite people, you know? Well, uh, Disney has managed to kill Star Wars. Yeah, that takes effort. It's, it's fucked. Yeah. Now you have combating fandoms. Yeah. That can't stand each other. Yeah. So there's no way you can make anything that will make anybody happy. It's madness. I mean, I'm not even like, you know, I like the Star Wars originals. I wasn't a fanatic, but I liked it. You know, I thought it was really well done. It was great. There was a mythology behind it. Well, that's all over. And you look at the <laughs> modern stuff and you're like, oh, my God, what have they done? And I'm not, I don't even have a dog in the game where I really am like this obsessive fan that if you change one detail, I freak out, you know, right? Just come on, man, there's nothing behind these other stories. There's no... Well, these guys talk about, like, no plan. Yeah. They decide, okay, we're going to make these three 
Nobody nobody even said, okay, one, two, three, this has to happen here, this has to happen here, this has to happen. Right. No, nothing. Yeah. They let J.J. Abrams execute the first one, which was just a copy of the old Star I know. Wars. I mean, that was a just remake. Insanely. But they were able to get the people's, oh, you remember yeah. that and this and that, and it was fun, and it had you know kind of the feelings and everything. Sure. But, oh, y'all are going to go blow up a big base at the end of it. Imagine that. That doesn't sound familiar at right. all. It's the same fucking thing. And then they let some guy go crazy with the next one and just erase everything that was set up in the first one. Yeah. And then the third one, unwatchable. I didn't even bother with this. There's no the reason. To, no, there's no reason. Even, They're no. just... But in any case, this was a very long intro to say to get me to the Princess Bride. Yeah, which I'm super pissed off about. Yeah. What do you think you could possibly do? Fat, just go watch the original again. Who's going to be Andre the Giant? Yeah. Speaking of Andre the Rock? and the original, right? So not only is the Princess Bride, if you guys haven't watched it, oh, please stop repent. The, stop right now. Go on online and watch it. It's and perfectly written. But yeah. not only is it one of the greatest movies ever, but... The turns out he was actually really prophetic. <laughs> There's a line that you saw when I posted, yeah, yeah, where Andre the Giant addressed the big character and goes like, "Why are you wearing a mask? Were you burned by acid? Were you burned by acid or something <laughs> like that?" And he replies, "No, it's just that they are terribly comfortable. I uh, I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. So in light of the COVID, the pandemic, debates about masks, I thought he was." perfect it was perfect and we yeah. don't need another one and it it's not gonna i don't think i don't think these millennials and these gen z kids are gonna fall for it yeah I they've mean, all seen the original stuff i mean i would all... imagine right because it's like it's, those are those classics that you still watch uh yeah i make sure my uh, children went through them all you know yeah, try this out have this one. Uh oh it's godfather weekend get yeah. ready fredo you know i mean because that was important and the whole way we consume the media now is so different than the yeah. 70s I mean, I guess Graham and his friends were going through, they were watching the whole, all the trilogies and mm -hmm. kind of mystery science theater it and make fun of it and have fun and, yeah. and just joke and watch the movies down. And when they got done with, um, I guess it was, I guess it was Empire Strikes Back, where mm -hmm. in the end, you, I am your father and all yep. that, and it just stopped. And they were like, man, that was a great movie. And I said, what you guys don't realize is that it was three years. Mm-hmm. Until you saw the next oh, one. Oh, yeah, to wait between one and the next, of And course. there wasn't, like, the DVD wasn't going to be out in six months. Nope. That viewing, that screening. I can't think of, I think one movie I saw four times at the theater, and that was Ghostbusters. Yeah, But I was, it was, like, perfect moment for that. And But Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. One time. Really? That was actually, you know, that's funny that you mentioned that one. I think that's the one movie that, and it's funny because I haven't watched it since probably I was a kid. Yeah. But that's the one movie that I watched the most at the theater. When I was a kid, I watched a great the movie choice. like a fuckload of times. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just funny. I, um, I looked at it, I was like, Han Solo in a cowboy hat. What's that going to be? And my dad was like, come on, because I was going to go see Caveman, right. the Ringo Starr movie for a second time because I was with some friends that hadn't seen it and. There was some Lana and all those things. Once again, boobs and muscles. But um, he's like, you might want to see this one. Oh, one day I'll have to tell you. Uh, when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, um, my mom was a journalist covering cinema at the festival in Venice and ended up on a date with Harrison Ford. Nice. Yeah, I'll, that's a pretty funny story. Did you remind him of that after you were like, Harrison, what an interesting name. No, no, I... I soberly stayed away. <laughs> but um, 
I'm Bride sorry, Bride. I'm getting all tangential. No, no, Princess that, Bride, mask, yes. Princess Bride, yeah. It's, and yesterday, because I was I was working on some stuff, and of course, the way my brain works, every other History on Fire episode, I have to throw a Princess Bride quote in it. I was looking for Princess Bride quotes. I found this one about the mask that made me laugh like crazy in life. And then I found one that was perfect for Dan Carlin stuff. So I put that out there too, where there's uh, Miracle Max, who's going like, don't rush me. If you rush me, you're gonna get a crappy miracle or something. I forget what is the phrase, the exact <laughs> phrase, but that's but that's exactly the way Dan Carlin works at this episode. Once every six months, get an episode out. But like, don't rush me. That's perfect. That's uh, who was no, that? But, that was um, um, Billy Crystal. Yeah, Billy Crystal. Yeah. See, just the race to trying to reproduce that is just nah, it's gonna can't. be terrible. Well, they shouldn't do it, and they won't listen to us. So. Yeah. Not that anybody's ever going to go to the movie theater again. No, right, exactly. There's that There's that issue, right? They were talking right. about that, that um, Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenant, which nobody knows anything about. It's just, mm-hmm. It looks kind of James Bondy, and um, they were going to put it in the drive-ins. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I understand why. You know, if you get in, as long as you don't have that 71-year-old speaker that's right. been there since they built the thing, but apparently it all goes over your radio now. Yeah. You just have an AM band where you can listen to Yeah, that's to it. another industry that, uh, well, I guess. Dude, there are no jobs. Let so, me tell you, straight up. Yeah. Unemployed. Yeah. And everybody is. Well, let's rant away then. Yes. Let's go into some of this. As we record right now at the very end of June, um, US is currently head to head with Brazil with the single worst response to the pandemic of any nation around the world. That takes a special kind of talent because it's, uh, you know, you look at places like Japan and New Zealand. They basically didn't do a lockdown. Why they didn't do a lockdown? Because they ask people, hey, Hey guys, this is serious. Would you guys all mind, you know, keeping social distance and wearing masks? People are like, sure, no problem. Done. That's it. It was as simple as that. Bunch of places have had, who have been hit a lot harder, have had way better results than US. So we start making you question what the fuck is wrong in the United States? Why? And, you know, there are multiple reasons. There's an obvious failure of leadership, like what you were saying before we started recording, this idea of letting every state choose their own strategy. Madness. doesn't work when you travel from one state to the next. I mean, sure, it works if you decide to put a strict lockdown where nobody ever walks out of the state in or out. But otherwise, it's not going to help very much. So there, there are, of course, leadership issues, but nothing we can do about those. But like the other part that's, to me, made me reflect a little deeper on some aspects that, you know, we've been dancing around with similar teams, but this is applied to COVID and this stuff. It kind of makes me, there's an aspect of American culture that in some way I like, but also carries a really dark side with it. 
You know, there's the this, we're better than everybody machismo and nobody can tell us what to do. Well, no, and we're... that's the dark side, right? The good side is the individualism in a good way, like the emphasis for individual rights, the emphasis on people being able to carve their own path, not having to depend on what your great grandfather has done for generations before. And you have this community pressure that keep you locked into a certain mindset and all that stuff. Right. In US, people can reinvent themselves, can reinvent their careers. They can be 40 years old going back to college and start a new career. There's this attitude of, there's this idea of traveling across the nation to start a new life. Something about it is really good. Something about it is really not. And the dark side of it is that while it's great from the point of view of individually express yourself individually, you know, be really hard about certain freedoms that are important. The dark side of it is that it's uh, it's exactly what you describe, is the petty, self-entitled, uh, you know, the wearing a mask is equivalent to bringing Tyranny. the Jews to Auschwitz. I literally yeah. saw those signs. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my fuck god you're such a whiny baby you know there's a point where it's like are you kidding me you know where rather than doing something for like take the mask issues i mean there are the people who are deep in batshit crazy land conspiracy theory who argue if you put the mask on your oxygen level is gonna drop and you're gonna die the lord has made a perfect breathing apparatus right and when you interrupt it with this mask I'm getting more carbon than I'm supposed to be getting. Yeah. And it gives me a headache. Guess what gives me a headache, you crazy bitch? Yeah. I, oh. Never mind exactly that if you look at doctors anywhere who keep their fucking mask on for 10 hours. 10 hour surgery. Every day, yeah. No problem no whatsoever. Problem. But, but whatever. So let's for a second dismiss the weirdness of that line of thinking, which, by the way, our glorious former sponsor, Chris O'Dell, of course, endorses all of that. You know when Chris O'Dell, we parted ways about a little over a year ago in not the friendliest of terms? Yeah. I made the mistake of taking a look at the stuff where he's at now. It's worse. Where he was a year ago, he was an enlightened Buddhist teacher compared to today. He's just... That's mad. He's just drank all the Kool-Aid, huh? Yeah. Is that all there is Every... to it? ultra right-wing conspiracy theory it's his to paddle so it's but whatever in any case so let's eliminate the completely batshit crazy you know the masks are gonna kill you camp uh, let's look at the you just don't want to wear it because it's uncomfortable because it bothers you and I'm like, the, or the argument of, oh, it doesn't work to stop the virus. Well, never mind that some a lot of evidence say that it does, but whatever. Let's assume that maybe it doesn't, okay? If there's one chance in a hundred that you wear in a stupid fucking little mask for half hour while you're grocery shopping or for an hour while you're interacting with somebody, it's going to save somebody's grandma who doesn't catch it from their younger uh, grandson or grand or granddaughter or something how are you not gonna wear it not because of you again you do it because of everyone else because it's like to me it's like do i know for sure that the mask is gonna protect you 100 percent? no i don't but if there's one shot that it does just fucking wear it what's your problem just but but again that goes against the negative side of the ultra american individualism of 
I want my rights. Nobody tells me what to do. And he's uh, like, unless I'm mistaken, I woke up in a free country this morning. Yeah. Someone had a great comparison, and it was the battle for seatbelts. Sure. That there were lots of people. Who the hell are you to tell me to put a seatbelt on? But a seatbelt at least is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't wear the seatbelt. You go fly through the windshield. Individual choice. I understand that more because that one is like, if you are the only one to pay the price for your choices, then I'm down with you having any choice you want. You know, the problem is when you're not the one paying the price for that stuff, when everyone else is paying the price because of your selfishness, that's where we got a problem. And that's the word, selfishness. And that's, I think, the problem with the, what's the dark side of individualism is petty self. It's petty self-entitled selfishness. And I think that's the problem, you know, that... Um, and, and back to the themes that we have been touching on a lot during this time. Loneliness, right? That theme of loneliness that is such a key element in modern industrial life is a direct consequence of this stuff. You know, you have in uh, in American culture, you have this scene that like by the time you are, they are 18, your kids go off to college and realistically you are never going to spend that much time together again with their parents, you know. And again, of course, there are exceptions, don't get me wrong, but that's like, that's the standard. Of course, it goes the other way around when your parents are old. Hell no, I got to take care of them. Are you kidding me? It's going to cramp my lifestyle. So if you have the money, you carry them off to a nursing home. If you don't have the money, who knows? But either way, they are hell for sure not living with me. Isn't that crazy? And so there's that. And the end result of a lot of that, you have these uh, people are... Never mind friendship, which, of course, if you are in a culture where everything, you know, you can pack up and leave to chase a career opportunity across the country at any moment. Why even invest in relationships that are ultimately going to be hollow anyway, because you're not going to you're not going to know if you are there six months later. It extends to the way we build our houses. I mean, in like here when people from Europe come here and they see how basically you have to redo houses every so many years, you're like, are you crazy why are you building a house that's gonna fall to pieces in 20 years yeah we're in and one you start right now. having and in, and instead their stuff takes a little longer to build and it's a little more expensive but a little not a lot except it lasts for fucking forever right yeah. so the attitude and again there are downsides to it because there's a downside that if you grow up in one place and you're only gonna live in that place and you're never gonna move out and your friends are the same people you went to elementary school with there are problems with that too so I'm not, and that's why I'd say I do like some aspects of American individualism. But when you take them too far, you end up in a culture that's where everything is built to be consumed immediately. There's no long-term plan. There's no planting roots. There's no in terms of relationship, in terms of relationship with your parents, in terms of friendship, in terms of houses you live in, and in terms of fucking common courtesy of maybe I'll think of somebody else and I'll put a goddamn mask on just because, no, the whole universe revolves around my needs, my stuff, my comfort, and everyone else can go fuck themselves. I mean, put a big sprinkling of greed across the top of that. Yeah. Oh, well... Why should people who work 40 hours a week be able to pay their rent? Right. Why should we let this ugly food be available to folks that don't have the money? Yeah. Why, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's ugly. But we've been saying since the very beginning, and it's been never a, a question to me, a country built on genocide and slavery 
I don't know if it's going to come all the way due now, but it's definitely coming to roost for a minute. Well, and that's the thing, though, that I have... For me, it's a tough one because some of the very things that were criticized... I mean, not, of course, the genocide slavery. There's not much to spin around that. That's pretty fucked up under every matrix, you know? If you think so, I got some poison blankets for you. Yeah, exactly. It's like... I love the standard argument when anybody brings up those things, which is like... Well, everybody did it, so it's great. You know, it's like, no, it's not great. It's fucked up, regardless of who's doing it. And nobody's saying only U.S. is single-handedly done evil in the history of the world. No. no. Lots, lots of slaves in the Bible. Yeah, lots of <laughs> slaves everywhere, right? Lots of slaves in... So, but at the same time, it's like, that's not a justification. It's kind of like the equivalent of, uh, hey, why the fuck did you kill that puppy? Hey, Mom, my, my brother did it too. It's like... Yeah, so what? It's But in any case. No, the one that's difficult is the individualism one because it does, it's not a straight-up poison. It, it's also a medicine. You know, there's something there where in the right dosage, some level of individualism is actually good in the right dosage. When you exceed the right dosage time 500, it's not a medicine anymore. It's a poison. And again, it's not that the concept itself is bad, it's how far you take it. A little individualism, healthy, good, perfect antidote to the crap that goes on in some other society where you're stuck in a social role forever from yeah. birth. Too much, now we got a problem. You're out front, front in your $200 pink polo and your little tiny AR-15 trying to right. pay people off. Yeah, and it's... It kind of appropriate for us, right, being the drunken Taoist, as it's a yin-yang balance, right? It's like if you put too much of one element, it's gonna spoil you it. fuck it all up. Yeah. If you put too much of another, you fuck it all up. There's a sweet spot where there's a range there that works great, and when you pass that range, you screwed it all up. But when your whole society is based off it, and you know the yeah. oligarchs and are, are funding the senators to pass the laws that are good for their companies without sure. shit given to any of the people, you're in a bad way. And similarly, this led me to some unsavory reflections, both are brought about by checking out my social media feeds. <laughs> are you continuing to whack people at random? Oh yeah. By now, is like my new thing is and again. It's such a change where not only I would never, I would never block anybody, but if I was tempted to because they are saying some absolutely hateful, nasty shit, I would still want to engage in a dialogue and kind of like, but why are you being like this and talk and reason or explain? My, now is like the other day I saw somebody who replied to something. What the fuck are you saying? Like I don't know who you are. You are taking a tone I don't like. The rest of your reply is not even that bad, but I don't like your tone. So, block out. There's no reason for it. No. I, had, I had somebody, I think it was just yesterday, that they, they think they got rid of like 270 people. Yeah. Which, I don't know 270 people. I have right. lots of, I mean, there's so many friends that are just like, yes, 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 yes. What a crazy thing to begin with. Yeah, I mean, there's that, in fact. And I, but one of the things that I've noticed is looking at, like once in a while lately, especially with Facebook, where people post more longer posts and not just quick tweet kind of thing. Sometime on my timeline, I'll take a look and I'll notice something, somebody posting absolutely nasty, angry, full of rage kind of shit. And I'm like, who the hell is this person? How did they end up on my list? And I go look and I'm like, 
uh, requested me in 2011, 2012, 2013, right after seeing me on uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. And I look back because my memory of these people back then is that Rogan audience was awesome. And I look at their posts from back then and they are positive, mostly excited about life, all into martial arts and psychedelics and great possibilities and how we can think outside the box and change the world and all of that. They, it's not just my memory. They were actually a pretty good crowd. I look at the same thing now, and of course not everybody. There are plenty of people that I have from back then, from the Rogan days, who are sweet, nice people to this day, right? But not everybody. But there's a very large percentage, not even a li- like very large, of these people who now, they are angry as hell. Their whole, everything they put out went from hopeful, let's think of alternatives to make a better life, to finding scapegoats for why their life sucks and now it's all the fault of the women who are oppressing the men and it's all this terrible ethnic minority. I mean, it's like, and regardless of the politics of it, that that's a whole other layer, but just the attitude, like he went from being a very mostly happy, positive, if not always happy, cheerful, la la la, because you know, you may be going through some hard shit, but there's sure. this sense of, Okay, let's fi- let's think it outside of the box and let's figure out solutions to just be nothing but rage, you know, anger and rage everywhere and all of. And I'm like, what the fuck has happened here? You know, what's the? You, you know, that's the that's the backlash to 2008 and nine when you know a lot of folks that had that college degree and had their little middle management job, mm-hmm. they all got fired, and they're never going to make eighty five thousand dollars a year again, right? Because they can go to Starbucks. They could go to pick up shit at Amazon. I mean, but that middle management stuff is gone. I think that's a big part of that sort of crowd that were hopeful and thought something's going to happen. And once they got knocked down, they're never going to get back. And what's going to happen this time? We well, thought that forty percent unemployment isn't a reality. There is that, right? There is the which is different from that. But I just think no, no, but it's real. You have to go there, over this again. There are structural economic conditions that clearly haven't helped. But also I'm thinking again, I don't know why today, we'll bring it back. Our good former sponsor, never to be associated with again, he has, he makes money. He's married. He has a cute kid. He has a nice house. There's no, re- there's nothing where the guy's like, oh, fuck, I'm, but don't you see how this world I'm on going? the street. He has zero, re- but the change has been from happy, positive, uh, la, 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 to nothing but rage. And again, he could be doing it, he happens to be doing it from an ultra-conservative standpoint. He could be doing it from a completely ultra-liberal standpoint and he wouldn't change anything. It's not just the positions that are the problem. It's what's behind them. It's this degree of rage at everything and everyone that is like... That sounds like a bad marriage or something else is going on. Just like, my life sucks. Right? I'm just So I have to rage about it. I don't know, man. I I find it to be a tragedy, especially since the product was so so good. (laughs) Right? I don't know anybody that would continue to use such a thing. No, the products were amazing. And in fact, the day when he sell the business, I would be more than happy to support it again. But Madness. Yeah, I don't know, man. That was a big change. I always compare it to... um, Oh, Miller. Dennis Miller. Yeah, yeah. I always compare it to Dennis Miller, that insane, you know, he was, hey, pa-cha-cha, and making his funny little jokes. 
but also is there something sad there because it's like yes. you not see how you went from being a person who look at life with excitement to just be nothing but rage all day long at everything and everyone it's like do you not see how that's kind of a problem regardless of what worldview you're endorsing there's an issue there do you think that's 20 years of Rush Limbaugh's and Fox News and just well and also I think there's the part where there's something about YouTube algorithms oh I had listened to the whole New York Times did a whole series on that and the way the, there's a French guy who noticed at first that the algorithm was supposed to offer you a whole new panacea of different things to look at. And instead, it started focusing inward. So, you know, uh, it, if it, you listen to Ben Shapiro, uh, you know, I'll have to tell you, you go. this because this is downright funny. Like somebody, I was telling somebody this, a friend of mine on the phone, we were chatting about it. And he goes like, oh, man, you're not going to... Because I was like, why would associate it with Rogan? You know, because I don't get it. And what he said was, you know, I was, it's funny. I was watching a Rogan podcast on YouTube and I was having a blast. It was a good podcast. I enjoyed it. And then at some point he was getting really, really late and I fell asleep and he was still running. Right. And I woke up in the morning and in the meantime, YouTube had run all night long. And by the time I woke up, I opened my mind. I'm like, oh, shit, I woke up with uh, I fell asleep with the computer on. And there are videos that are neo-Nazi propaganda. And he's like, whoa. How did I end up here? And so he backtracks to the video before. Two or three neo-Nazi propaganda earlier is just extremely conservative propaganda. It's not neo-Nazi. Three videos earlier is just a regular mainstream conservative propaganda. Yep. Three videos earlier is a passion for martial arts and barbaric kind of manly things and all of that, right? Three videos earlier, there's Joe Rogan experience. So it's not that, and that is like, in that sense, I mean, people make all sorts of arguments. Some people do tie directly to the kind of guests that Joe has had on the show. Some people say that's bullshit. He had a variety of guests. Let's not even go in that debate. That's extra complicated and we don't know. No, this is the algorithm. But the algorithm that makes you say, you watch Joe Rogan experience. Okay, cool. Nothing weird or strange about it. And then, so we push you down the jujitsu rabbit hole. And he's like, okay, that's good. That makes sense. There's a direct connection there. Yeah. And somehow the jujitsu rabbit hole, because enough of the people who go down that path are ultra conservative, just became conspiracy theory. And suddenly you are on Alex Jones. And from Alex Jones, you are on Candace Owens. And from Candace, and before you know it, the next morning you are on neo Nazi propaganda. And Jordan Peterson had been whispering in your ear for an hour and you're right. fucked. And, and I'm just like, <laughs> wow, that's not a good algorithm. Isn't that weird? This, this fellow was so terrified by it that he brought it to the attention of the higher-ups, and they fired him because they were more concerned about... Because if you do focus in on the things in that direction, then you're going to get more clicks and more looks, and of more course. people are going to watch. You know, the Joe Rogan people aren't going to go watch a Rachel Ray. But technically, that's things like that should have been offered up that were sort of like, here's this giant collection of... Yeah. A cornucopia. Right. And it's not. It's not. And it's bad. And when these kids, you know, they're 16, get into this stuff, yeah. they go down that rabbit hole and there's not really any coming out. Yeah. And and I'm, now you have, are you familiar with TikTok at all? Yeah, vaguely, but that's... But you're, you're aware of it. To get, yeah, I'm aware of it. This, this could be stats that are three weeks old, but apparently like the biggest girl on TikTok, 80 
million followers Jesus Christ. from zero nine months ago. Yeah. There's a guy, PewDiePie. It took him nine years right. to get to 80 million. Right. And he ended up with his life wrecked just because of some silly shit along the way. Because once people get to start digging and, oh, you said Nazi one time. Yeah, oh, yeah of course. And what's the most terrifying is it's run by a Chinese company. And they don't even really care about the TikTok. They love that. You know, it's, I'm sure there's ad revenue and stuff like that. They're the biggest AI company in the world. Right. And all they are doing are taking notes on what the humans do. Right. And that's where it gets crazy. So yeah. that's where my conspiracy theory jumps in. I mean, that's I terrifying. remember even you were telling me at one point, like well, you had a conversation with one of your kids who was like going down a very strange rabbit hole from. Yep. Yeah, that's sort of Joe Rogan start. Joe Rogan to Ben Shapiro. And from there, you can go anywhere. Right. And, and again, you know, you look at Ben Shapiro, I personally find, I don't even know how to put it delicately, but you know, it's like the- pathetic. The exorcist uh, projectile vomiting I, gif yeah. would come in handy at this moment. But regardless, you know, Ben Shapiro is just a very typical mainstream uh, shady and annoying, but you know, mainstream conservative shit, right? How so they, clearly, any Jewish can go down that from that yeah. to neo-Nazi propaganda is not a clear path because the dude is fucking Jewish. Of course, he's not gonna be. He's not in the same boat with neo-Nazis. However, why is it that if I watch YouTube and I start watching that, down enough in the rabbit hole, I will end up with neo-Nazi propaganda? Because I'm sure, I, I think those like actuary tables you'd see that insurance companies would do in the 60s when it was giant boards. And right. have to, you know, there were no spreadsheets or anything like that. But in that algorithm of hate, yeah. once you're in the Shapiro lane, yep. there's a very straight line. Crooked line. Yeah, which is weird again because you know if you're gonna ask Shapiro, is he gonna support neo-Nazi? Of course not. That's not his thing at all. He's gonna. But again, he's the gatekeeper. There's an interesting slide in the algorithms that take you from point A to point B, and I think I don't think he's the only factor at all. I think there are many, and you know you did an excellent job pointing out the economic factor. The oh. fact that some people are screwed, and they are very good reasons to be mad because. You know. I think that's where the anger comes from. I mean, they. I, I remember, like, it's the 80s was the lost generation for Japan. Like, they were just sure. so wrecked. And from 2000, 2008 till 2018, that was us. It took all those years just to get back to where we were that sunny afternoon and everything fell to shit. And nobody went to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the other thing that's funny about the anger is that the anger is completely misdirected at their own targets. It's like yep. rather than dealing with the fact that there's an economic system that's not your friend, you're dealing with the fact that, oh, it's the feminists who don't let me be a real man. And it's like, yeah, trust me, man, that's not what's fucking up your life. That's There are other problems that <sighs> the people who are fucking up your life are more than happy to let you think that those are your enemies because... Exactly. That's almost the plan. You know, distract you with some bullshit made up conflict that's barely even meaningful rather than making you look at what's really going on behind the curtain. But and, and anybody who's not willing to put a mask on to help everybody out in this yeah. to to have the balls to call anybody else a snowflake. I know, I know, it's pretty funny. It's over it's, the edge. And believe me, man, that social justice warrior shit can get sure. on my nerves too. Absolutely. Because it does go too far. It does. It's almost like, when will it ever end? I mean, you have the kind of the insanity right now with, I understand, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, that shit's got to go. That's probably should have been gone a long time ago. But then we're like, well, 
are we gonna be able to play blackjack in the future? Are yeah, we gonna, like, I mean, come the fuck on, you all are doing the same thing that makes you crazy about the other side. I agree. It's funny. It's funny at the, at the edge of the bell curves. I think there's actually like a teleportation oh, where yeah. they just reach around and and connect with each other. They are the same. That's why I'm a big fan of the gladiators for world peace. Right, get Absolutely. these people in a cage. Oh man, give them an axe each and leave the rest of us fucking alone but i would pay for the pay-per-view for uh putin versus trump oh that would be sweet but trump would just get down and suck his yeah it would last would about a second and enough but you know it would be one big bite oh. <laughs> done <laughs> you know it's like but um and that i think you know looking at the and again i don't want to generalize because it's not definitely not all the rogan listeners or even the people who follow me from rogan back then but the percentage was scary you know what i started seeing on my timeline i was like fuck this is not a good thing and you know it sucks for joke who's you know has done a lot of good in life to be tied to some of this stuff but you know regardless Point being, well, he's not leading the parade. That also got me watching things that are other things that I care about, the shattered illusions about how cool they are for me. Because I'm starting to look at like, you know, I my first book was about martial arts and what martial arts can bring to the table and help you develop as a human being and this, that, and the other. I spent so much time involving that world and loving it for so many reasons. But I, if I have to take an honest look at the martial arts world right now, especially now that it's under pressure, because, of course, gyms are failing one after another during these times, what you get is a really ugly window in the mindset of a lot of the people in martial arts today. And again, far from everybody, but again, the percentage is high enough as to be very disturbing. It's like... Is the worst of everything we have been talking about, you know, and, and, and that's where you realize the unfortunate realities. Martial arts do not make you a better person. Despite of anything, you know, in my most optimistic moments I may have thought, it's not that you start practicing and you're going to become a better human being. What you can become is you can become more disciplined, you can become more assertive, you can become more effective. But what happens when you become a bully asshole that can kick anybody's ass in 20 feet of it that's the problem that like didn't it happen in the 70s as well because i remember after the bruce lee mania of kind of like 74 75 it seemed like everybody in the world was taking karate and it was the same thing sure you'd have these 14 year olds are like i can kick everybody's ass of course and And then everybody hated those guys like oh no not the kung fu kid and I think that's the problem, right? That those things, discipline, uh, assertiveness, effectiveness, they are good things yeah. if they go hand in hand with you being a decent human being. Well, your recommendations always were find the right teachers. For sure, because that's unfortunately the problem, that yeah. if all they do is instill confidence and effectiveness, you know, confidence and effectiveness are not virtuous if they go hand in hand with being an asshole. No. I'm not happy that an ultra asshole is really effective and disciplined. It's like... That's not what I need. We didn't want to concentrate his ass holiness. No, it's like that kills it, if anything. And so, and that's the reality that unfortunately, when you look at that world, you know, as much as I love the practice of martial arts and the jiu-jitsu world in that sense has been trash. You know, I look at the stuff that has been coming out of some, from top jiu-jitsu players to teachers to these, not everybody. Okay. There's a, a long list of people I can think of who are awesome. Stefan Kestin is great. You look at his posts, they are always on, on spot. Uh, Robert Drysdale has a great attitude about things. Uh, Joel Garrison, we, we had as a guest in the past, is great. 
there. You know, I can go down the list. I can think Justin Hamilton, who had as a guy. There are a bunch of people who are great human beings who are involved into martial arts and they are doing a fantastic work helping people, till trying to help people discover whatever seed of good there is in them, bringing it forward, strengthening, giving it the discipline, the effectiveness, and all that stuff. And in that sense, shaping the culture in a very good way. Like, I remember visiting Justin's school. I couldn't run into one person who was an asshole, you know? And it's like, what are the odds that in a school with whatever many students, everyone is nice? And a lot of it boils down to leadership, you know? It's like, there are people who are nice are going to be attracted to him. People who are complete assholes are going to be like, I'm out of here. So that's a good self-selection to begin with. And then there are a bunch of people who could go either way who could be molded have, to whoever's hands they are in. And they happen to be in good hands, who stir them, and is the opposite of the YouTube algorithm, right? Yep. From one good thing, I'm going to show you another good thing, that strengthen the next good thing, that strengthen the next, and before you know it, you're a pretty fucking good human being. And I'm not sure the algorithm doesn't work that way. I, just, I don't seem to see it that often. No, unfortunately, that's not. And I think that's the... But the point is, for all these people who I know who are great, my jiu-jitsu teacher, Dan is awesome. Dan is a great guy. All of this stuff, there are so many out there who are just selfish assholes who have a terrible attitude about women, terrible oh, attitude about... That a crazy one. And, you know, you guys are all a bunch of pussies. Who uh, needs a mask? I'm going to let's roll and spit on each other as we go because that's the manly way to go and we'll share... Uh, you're a wimp if you're scared of the vi that kind of stuff, right? And it's just like, oh my fucking God. I'm associated with these people? Jesus Christ. So those are those moments where you take a look at the martial arts world and you're like, oh shit, my sweet romanticized view doesn't exactly always correspond to reality. Same thing, by the way, could be said about the psychedelic community. Wow. You know, it's just people think that you take mushrooms and you're going to see God and become a nice human beings. Historical reminder, the Aztecs consume mushrooms morning through night and yeah. they rip the hearts of human sacrifices on a regular basis. Mm, a good 40,000 weekend on occasion. Yeah, that's that's not going to make you a nice person because you're into psychedelics. It can. It's, like, it's a tool like anything else, right? Yeah. Like martial arts. It strengthens something that's in you and is going to empower something that's in you. And in the right hands, assuming that what's in you to begin with is decent, it can turn into an amazing instrument. But it can also go the other way. It certainly can. And the thought of even messing with that these days, with so much uncertainty and nobody knows anything, that seems like a bit of a mistake. Yeah, so... So we'll just have to save these for next time. <laughs> So I think that's that's part of the trick that like right now looking at again, you know, hopefully things change in the next few months, in the next few weeks. But looking at stuff now, seeing where like the European Union just banned all flights from US. How about that? That's Do you a ever sign think, did that, you ever think you say those words? No, that's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. That's a sign that you And we really, only have our toes, we're at the start line again. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that has been going on until now. Florida, Arizona, Texas, California. It's like we never even started because it has been mishandled so badly. And now we have to start all the way over. Yep. And talking about leadership. Yep. I actually saw that Mr. Pence finally put a mask on yesterday. Yeah, of course. And now, now everything's changed. 
Well, we read the guidelines, and perhaps that might be right. Well, where the fuck have you been for three months? Yeah, exactly. Four months. Yeah. It's mind-blowing, man. Uh, Does this year feel like it's about seven years long yet to you in any yeah, way? Yeah, it's intense. It's weird. And then you look back. Well, I was talking to Gretchen. Like, what's, what was the last movie we went and saw? I was like, oh, yeah. trying to remember. It was Forever ago. 1917. And, this, and it was pretty full theater. So it was the movie 1917. It wasn't the year it 1917. It feels like it was 1917, <laughs> but it was actually right. the movie 1917. Yeah. And I'd be damned if I'd go into the room. I mean, it wasn't packed, but sure. it was half full for sure. Of course. Of course. And people crunching on popcorn and coughing and laughing. Or... Yeah, good luck with that. I just... Then again, I saw news today, like in Japan, they are having big events with public around and no problem. No drama. But they tested like crazy, didn't they? They tested like crazy. They and did they everything right. Yes. They did everything right. And we haven't even begun to test. No. And same thing, I was talking with somebody in Cambodia. They completely locked down the country. You know, you have under super strict quarantine to go into Cambodia if you want to. But they basically have no cases. And it's fucking Cambodia. It's like, you know, GDP below your <laughs> yeah. nothing. Below you know, Georgia. Average income is less, little over $1,000 a year. Uh, manage better than what has been going on in the U.S. So. But if these folks can't be convinced of it. Yeah, it's, um, it's where we're at. So, okay, how do we turn this into not into a downer because again i'm not even in a bad mood or i'm not even i'm not even pessimistic about everything like it's all gloom and doom and it's all gonna suck no i'm with you i mean i actually as bad as it's gonna be and i do have the terrible feeling that <sighs> july or september are going to suck mm -hmm. and i really see yeah. no hope for baseball or football or any of that or they're, gonna they're gonna they're gonna and school is the very next thing I'm gonna say. there's not gonna be any school right and so that runs us into you know springtime of next year but there still is a hopefulness man that Maybe this is the shakeup we needed, and we are. I mean, I've I've said the same mm -hmm. quote a thousand times. But sure. Winston Churchill, the Americans can always be counted on to do the right thing as the last resort. Right, and here we are again. Yeah, the same thing. You know, we already got one hundred thirty thousand people dead, which is bigger than Wembley Stadium. When you think about that, yeah. do you remember the uh, Queen for Live Aid? When mm -hmm. that, that, just that historic 30-minute yeah, set they did? That whole thing and Every single one of them is dead. Yeah. I think in that sense is the, the good takeaway from what's an otherwise rather bleak scenario is, okay, those are the cards you are given. That's the current status of American culture today. And again, it's not to be all thrown away because as we said, there is an element of it that's healthy and good and precious that you don't find in other culture and we want it and we like it and it helps people. But of course, taken too far, it's terrible and destructive. So how can you shape the culture to be so that if enough people do it, it turns into a nicer, kinder place. We have well, to learn to take care of each other. Yeah, that's a good start. That's the long and short of it. And I think if we find insane food shortages, which I am terrified it's going to happen. I mean, when the money runs out on this COVID, you know, $600 a week that people are getting, that's the end of July. Right. So now people won't be able to pay rent. All the freaknames, there's been nothing, Congress hasn't done anything to extend anything past the end of July. So four weeks from now, we're looking at how many millions of people that are going to have no way to pull the rent off? Yeah. And the forgivenesses are all gone, too. So day five of the notices get sent out. So now we go into August 1st. 
with 12 million people being evicted? Yeah, and of course, that's... And where do they go? Right, so that's the bad stuff. And uh, the... Yes, stop being a selfish asshole would be like plan number one. Now, of course, people who are truly selfish assholes are never going to change their way. No, they're not. But like people who... It's not a bad idea to keep that in the back of your mind, to check your impulses, to just be aware of it. Where And again, it doesn't mean you have to be altruistic in a stupid way where it goes to damage you. Just being considerate of other people, just trying to figure out where other people are coming from to a place where, you know, if you can help, you help. If you can do something to make life easier for other people, you do that. Uh, the same way in some way as like the guys that I just mentioned, some of the jujitsu folks I just mentioned, they are part of a culture that's objectively speaking fairly sick because a lot of the martial arts culture specifically, it's fucked up. Wow. But they choose to do something that's very healthy. You know, within the culture, sure. they do create spaces for people who are not psycho bullies, but they are actually decent human beings and they found themselves welcome in places like this. They help steer people who could go either way steer them in a more positive direction. That's exactly what I mean by what can you do with the cards you are given. You know, if you are, you're not in the martial arts, you don't give a fuck about martial arts, but maybe you're involved in a different kind of community, and I'm sure some similar dynamics, dynamics will be at play. What can you do to tilt it in a healthier direction? What can you do to tilt your family in a healthier direction, your well, friends in a healthier direction? Just the to take a little bit of pressure off. Yeah, chest inches you know in and again your individual effort let's say you cha you help make two people 30 percent less assholes than they were and 30 percent kinder than they were yeah we are not exactly talking about your changing the world tomorrow no but that'll cascade out incrementally it helps a lot start with 30 percent of one person start with what you can touch and what you can affect good infections and if that's all you can do, that's not bad. You have done a difference in, you have made a difference in a good way. And if enough people do it, you know, you're never going to change a culture from A to Z. That's fine. But if you change 15% of a population with enough people doing it, 15% can go a long way. Yes, and again, can. once you hit a critical mass, that 15% turn into 20 and yeah. 30 and 4. And before you know, it's like look at uh, the attitudes about weed 50 years ago, the attitudes about weed today. It's not that today they are saying anything different that pro legalization folks said 50 years ago. It's the exact same script, but you slowly hit more people, more people, more people, more people until suddenly you hit a critical mass and it flips. And that's the gig. You know, that's what you do. When do you think the martial arts went crazy? Was it the success of the MMA? And now it was all about money and being this... The, I think people Do you are, think that corrupted think, it? No, I think it was always like this. I think So it was the bully were, kids that went to the power trip and... It's the same thing. You know, it's like, why are people attracted to martial arts? Because it gives you this promise of empowerment. It can be the nice kid who's struggling with self-esteem and they need it. That's good. It can be the guy who feels like, I'm going to have power over others. And I got somebody was telling me the other day that they were refereeing at a jiu-jitsu tournament for kids. And there are these two kids grappling and uh, one of, I don't know if it's the parent or the coach or both or something, at one point he's like, break his arm. And this dude told me, these kids were five years old. Jesus. Is that disqualification? 
No, because he's just a coach yelling, being an idiot. But, but, you know, we spent our time in soccer fields and baseball fields, and it was the same thing. Yeah. The parents were generally the problem. Yeah. Their failed lives. Of course. We're trying to be relived to these kids, but we've gone over that a thousand times. It's crazy. Yeah, but even then, like, I remember the exact opposite. Like, I remember once I was watching, uh, Sav was doing a jiu-jitsu tournament, right? And um, she was doing really good, but the other girl was ahead on points. So I was just catching, like, millimeter away from a submission and this girl would twist because she had crazy flexible limbs at one point i saw she put her in this arm lock where the arm was bent at such an angle that i was like oh oh this does not look good you know it's like her arm is like 90 degree going in the wrong way and i remember like my first instinct if i was like sav whatever you do, don't break her fucking arm you know who cares it's like lose a match on points if it and sav you know it's smart she's not gonna do that but but that was she just bent that way? And I remember, yeah, she just bent that way, and it's fine, you know, but still, the point is, don't push it, because there's a millimeter where you go at one point too far, and, and who cares what, so you got the medal, and that doesn't really matter, it's not. And I remember there was this coach of this other lady who was looking at me like, oh, wow, that was nice, and I'm like... No, that's not nice. That's like the minimum that anybody should do is like, don't fuck each other up over nothing. You know, it's like there's, I understand if you're competing for $5 million, okay, all bets are off. But, yeah, but in any you other don't want circumstance, why? Yeah. You know? Oh, she's the girl that breaks people's arms. Yeah. It's like, and, and again, you know, I didn't even need to say anything because she's on on that. But I was like, the fact that that's cool is sad. You know, the fact that saying to somebody, don't break somebody's arm over a bullshit tournament or whatever is like, doesn't really matter in the great scheme of things. If that's a healthy thing to do because that's not the norm, yeah, that's when you got a problem. It's you know? a troubled society, man. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah. But then again, you know, it's like, and I think that's what I was uh, telling you before we started the podcast. I'm working on uh, a future history on fire about Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor. And Marcus Aurelius, in the middle of a pandemic, way back when, he's saying, look, the same exact shit I'm dealing with happened a million times before me and will happen a million times after. Same exact script. It's both bad because it means it happens time and time again, but it's also good because it means that most people will get through it. You know, doesn't really help the ones who don't, but, you know, it means like it's not the end of the world. But it's an awfully good uh, little reminder to everybody. Oh, yeah. It sure is. I don't know. I'm not giving up yet. No, boy. I think, I think we have a soured culture, but I think there's room for improvement. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's wrap things up on you are going to do a new podcast, correct? We are starting Strawbell Nation. It would probably be towards August till we get the first one out. Let's make no promises on the timing. Yeah, Somewhere around sure. there, maybe. But that's what we're shooting for. But uh, just a lot of interest in teaching folks just basic gardening skills. And I'm sure I've looked around. All this is on YouTube and stuff anyway. But I think this will just be concentrated in a in a better way that I've been inspired by the awesome. six of your fellow listeners who got the straw bale guide. And those guys are growing their straw bales right now. Probably more, but those guys are the actually bothered the, the time. reached out and sent some pictures and excited yeah. about doing it. And... You know, in a time where food could be probably, I mean, I guess that was our very first COVID episode was talking about the shortage of food yep. and people are responding and we've just had great luck at it. So, um, so yeah. check it out. Mr. Richie in the near future will be starting a podcast on gardening and 
throw bales and stuff you can do to have some yummy food. And we'll teach you to grow some medicine, too, if it's legal in your state. I like that. Because Gavin Newsom says it's okay. I like that. So that's awesome. That's speaking of affecting the culture in a good way. I like that. That's an awesome thing to do. I just, you know, I can imagine a world where maybe every third house on the street, the backyard's a whole garden. Yeah. And the only thing I've ever found, you know, all the persimmons I have, give them away. Right. Whatever, you know, that's one thing I love around here. Like I walk the dog at night and I go by and there are people who clearly their fruit trees are giving them way more than they can eat. Yep. And there are boxes of fruit left outside the house for anybody who walks by to pick up. Even in the pandemic, we did the loquats like that. Yep. We cleared 10 giant boxes over yep. a two-week period and, I mean, empty to the bottom. And I don't know. I'm certain it's possible some kids just took them and threw them at people. But I don't think that's the case. Nah, I, I think, think. I mean, it depends where you are. But no, in my neighborhood, I don't think that at all. Yeah. And I mean, what a tiny, easy way yeah. in the right direction. And if we could scale it up even a little bit, there's nobody for anybody in this country to be hungry ever again. There's nobody. There's no reason for anybody uh -huh. in this world yeah. to ever be hungry again. So, you know, I had my Hollywood daydreams and had some successes and had some failures, and it was a great adventure. But for my final act. I intend to concentrate on making sure people don't go hungry. Yeah, that's a good act. And that could be a big act because the soup lines are coming. That's I can just feel a, it. That's a good act. And again, when we talk about affecting, not taking a snapshot picture of the situation and be depressed by it, but figuring out ways how you can affect the culture in a good way. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. There's nope. no good about that. Things aren't going to change just because we want them to. We're going to have to get involved and start making things better. Well, the funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode. And it's so nice today. It's it's almost July, and it's still not hot here. Beautiful. It's nice. Keep it that way. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, you know, trying to keep it light. Can't keep it completely light, because it is crazy time. Yep. But, yeah, let's teach people to grow food. Let's teach people to be a little nicer to each other. I like More tolerant. Speaking of nice people. There are some nice people who parted their, with their hard-earned money to support us, which is an extremely sweet concept. That is nice. Since we did not have an episode two weeks ago because we took a tiny break, uh, there's, the list is a little extra long. Let the pottering begin. So today we got Thomas Robinson, Ross Cranham, Sam Bizzle, LLSC, Andre Garapetian, Nick Zunik, Lisa Robles, Aistis Juska, Samuele Rudelli, Jim D'Amico, Froggy Style Productions, Glab Radatsky, Yanni Linima, Luis Peschera, Jesse Rantakangas, and Aaron Weisner. That's an impressive list. You guys are absolutely awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, it does help. I'm going to hammer, actually, I'll save it for a future episode, but like when we'll talk, maybe we should talk at some point about the Joe Rogan uh, Spotify deal in making solid money to make the switch and we can talk about kind of the business of podcasting the money all that one thing that i'm gonna bring up next time but for those of you guys who are still who haven't turned the off button yet and are <laughs> listening to this end 
is not a horror. Let's say you got no money, and I'm totally sympathetic to that concept, right? If you got no money, I'm not telling you send us some of your money. It's like, no, if you don't have it, you don't have it. Save it for the stuff Food. that keep the lights on, exactly. Yeah. However, assuming you are not in homelessness, and I'm not saying even to do it with us, okay? So I don't want it to be make it sound like it's just a send me your money. But just as a concept, you know, if you do like what somebody's putting out there for free, other podcasts, maybe, whatever, doesn't matter. Apps. Send them $1. Yes. There's a huge difference between sending them $1 once a year, not even though a dollar per episode, just as a symbolic gesture, rather than zero. It's uh, Now, maybe it's not going to make a huge difference in practical terms, not to you, $1 a year is not going to kill you not to them getting not forget one dollar because by the way by the time paypal gets down with it they probably get like 70 cents or something like that but like just as a habit the idea of giving something to people who put something out there for free doesn't matter how tiny it is is not a bad one so you know if you actually have money and you want to donate a little and i'm not even saying crazy money but you know you have two dollars a month to spare five dollars that's sweet. We'll gladly take it and we're happy. But if you don't have it, a dollar a year doesn't suck. Just as a concept, just as a symbolic gesture, you know? But in any case, we'll explore that further more. Absolutely. I feel like exploring that quite a bit. That's an excellent notion. Yeah. So, other than that, anything else we need to say? I think that's, well, it's, that's not it. TV.org. Still cranking away. I love it. And as a part of the uh, the gardening show concept, I'm trying to figure out a way where we can buy straw bales for folks that can't afford them. So that would be the next sort of thing. And that same sort of model where you may not receive anything back, but you may be able to help folks have tomatoes and herbs for their I love that. family I in love the fall. That. And that would be a fun thing to do. Big fan of that. All righty. Time for that long drive back to Oxnard. Sweet. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs>
This was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's... <laughs> So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> Sorry. Well... <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's maybe too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?